Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. We're going to try to continue in our Romans series today. And it's from Romans chapter 4. We're still in Romans 4. What a great time to be in Romans. Romans 4, um, we know the title of this series is Unashamed. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And this is really a good time to uh, reaffirm your um, internal persuasion that the gospel is what's going to get you out of here and keep you um, in his will. Notice I said it's not, not going to keep you safe. People equate being a Christian with safety, and that's poorly conflated. You, you should never do that. You should never do that. Safety second is my motto. You hear safety first, right? Safety first? No, Jesus first. Safety second. Because if you go, if you go safety first, then God becomes second place. God took the apostles to some pretty dangerous places. He didn't say safety first. He said Jesus first. I'll take care of you wherever you go. You'll be all right. And even if you were to die while you were honoring me by faith and portion to your faith, because that's what we're talking about, that would be better than staying alive and being out of God's will. These are... These are heavy-duty statements in light of what's going on in the world today. You've got to think about that. Lord, try me by fire. I think maybe the Lord's trying America by fire. Well, did God cause this? No, but he is the superintendent of everything that happens in the universe. When there were bad judges, when there were bad kings, God said, all right, well, here you go. Did God cause that? I don't know if he caused it. He is the superintendent. At the end of the day, the buck stops with God. And so he'll use whatever he can to purify me by fire. Well, what, fire, what does fire look like when it comes to you? What, 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 when you say, Lord, purify me by fire, you're not, you're not singing, Lord, purify me with marshmallows. Purify me with chocolate bars. Purify me with pillows. No, Fire. Fire. And that means a hard place, a difficult place. So the refiner's fire is a very, very interesting place to be. Your flesh wants to kick against it, right? This doesn't feel good. But sometimes the pain of remaining the same has to be greater than the pain of change until you'll change. When the pain of change becomes greater than the pain of remaining the same, then you'll change. And God says, you're not going to get off the dime. You're not going to get back in your prayer closet. You're not going to get back on your knees. You're not going to get back into worship. You're not going to get back into church. You're not going to get back into the things of the spirit. Okay, we'll just turn up the temperature until the pain changes you. And then if my people who are called by my name, then they'll humble themselves and seek my face and Stop worshiping other gods. What other gods are there? I mean, we're not worshiping the God of 
Baal or Moloch, or we're not a worship, worshiping golden idols that people in the in the in the scripture had to tend with. But there's certainly idols in America today. There's idols in the world today that present themselves as the answer. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Says who? Jesus. But you could very well tag that with the byline of medicine, CDC, FDA, United States government. I am the way. The truth and I hold, I will provide for you. I will sustain you. I will give you the wisdom that you need to survive. Yeah, I'm going to get to Romans soon enough. I'm just kind of just, just sharing. Last week was my top 10 list of things that irritated me. Um, but there are false gods in the land today. There are false gods in the land today that if you do not bow, uh, you will be burned. Okay, well, turn up the fire. Try me by fire. Turn it up seven times hotter. Really? The Church of America today is pretty, pretty anemic. Um, I'm not talking to you unless your toes are getting stepped on. You know, because there's always a remnant. There's always a remnant. That's... Um, I, this is some, this is some Bible stuff from, I don't know, a long time. I, I believe you can fact check me later. Isaiah named his son, Shuv, which is, means the remnant will return. There's always been a remnant. The prophet said there's always going to be a remnant. And so the church being tried by fire is certainly not going to, uh, grow in times like these, but it will certainly become stronger. Right? Because it's going to be hard. And let me tell you, it's, it's not going to get easier. Newsflash. It's not going to get easier to stand up for the gospel. It's just not going to be easier to stand up for the gospel. It's not going to be socially popular to stand up for the gospel. I want to be tried by fire. It's not socially acceptable to put anything above what the government tells you, what science tells you, what doctors tell you. I mean, we say this as we pray for people that are sick. We're actually saying someone has more information, more power, and more revelatory than the doctors. So the doctors just said, you're going to die of cancer. Well, they can tell me that I have cancer, but they have no right to tell me what's going to happen because of that. It's they can give me the diagnosis, but not the prognosis, Right. Well, they can give us the diagnosis of what's going on in the world, but they can't give us the prognosis. Prognosis is this. Jesus is coming again for a bride with no spot, with no wrinkle, being tried by fire. Because I'll tell you what COVID did early on when we were having, we had, I remember I preached from the front porch of the governor's mansion a year and a half ago. Then we had, I think it was Easter Sunday we had in the parking lot. We were back in. And stuff like that, and what happens with gubernatorial uh, tyrannical edicts um, is that anyone that's looking for an excuse not to go after God, anybody that's looking for an excuse not to go to church, anybody that's looking for an excuse, they're offering plenty. And a lot of people are, bu- are buying it. Oh, I can't go to church because, you know, 
I'm afraid I'm going to catch something there. Well, move your chair. Wear a mask. I don't, I don't care. Do whatever you want to do, but don't tell me what to do. You do what you want to do. I got people texting me, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going to do what God tells me to do, and you should do what God tells you to do. I'm not in the business of telling you what to do. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm asking you to think for yourself is what I'm asking you to do. That's all I'm asking you to do. Think for yourself. Just think for yourself. Don't let the bully on the parking lot, don't let the bully in the school parking, the bully at the school uh, playground come up and poke you in the chest. Well, he's just bigger than me, and he talked louder than me. You do whatever you want to do. You'll, you'll answer to the Lord for it. I want to be tried by fire. <clears throat> Is the church ready? I don't know that we're ever really ready. I mean, a pregnant woman... God is gracious in giving a, nine, a woman nine months to get ready for that. Am I not right, ladies? Yes. Praise the Lord. God, get, you, oh, I want to have a baby. You get pregnant. Oh, it's so long. It's so long. No, because come time to push, I understand it's not super convenient. It doesn't feel great. That's what I understand. Gentlemen, it's, they say it's the equivalent of a man passing an orange. There you go. Welcome to their world, right? <laughs> But at, in the end, we say, praise the Lord. In the end, we say, that was a miracle. And what happens as soon as you have that baby, ladies? You go, uh, the pain becomes a memory, right? But in the middle of it, it's like, why did you do this to me? I'm never going to have another child. Get away from me. Don't touch me. Don't look at me. <laughs> but you persevered. This is a season of perseverance. It's a season of perseverance. Fourth and long, fourth and short, I don't know, but it's fourth down. It's been the fourth down since Acts. It's been the last day since Acts. And if they said, these are the last days 2,000 years ago, how much more are these the last days today? We are closer to whatever's going to happen than we've ever been right now, this minute. And if this is some sort of fairy tale, this is some sort of old, ancient, dusty book that we come and we learn how to live good, live well, then he's just another teacher to you and you should probably take the excuse next presented to you for not to be a part of the church anymore because you will be tried by fire. Nobody's hanging you on a cross upside down yet. No one's stoning you to death yet. No one's saying it's their fault. Those Christians, they're the ones they're the ones that are causing the problem. They're the ones that are continuing to be problematic in our society. If you don't think that's possible, then you're not a, you're not a student of uh, history at all. Find a people group to blame for whatever it is. Even if it's not true. But if you can get the masses to believe it, they'll come for you. You don't think I'm kidding? <clears throat> In the book of Acts, Peter, uh, uh, Paul, Peter, they healed a man who'd been lame in his legs in Lystra and Derby. He went leaping and shouting. Place went nuts. Um, th this is in uh, um, uh, modern day Turkey. So this is Lystra, Derby. 
just north of the Mediterranean, right? So the Aegean Sea. So what's happening is that they call, I think they call Barnabas, Barnabas, uh, Hermes, they call Paul, uh, something else, I forget, but they call them Greek gods. These guys need to be worshiped. Look what they just did. This is amazing. This is the most amazing thing we've ever seen. Then the priest in that town who ran the temple for Zeus, by the way, the most powerful Greek God that there is, comes to give offerings to Paul and Barnabas because of what they've seen. They're saying, you are a God to Paul and Barnabas because of what we've seen. The whole city is just, oh, they're awesome. They're great. Look at these. And the head chief priest of the temple of Zeus comes to give them offering. Paul goes ballistic. He goes, knock it off, guys. This is not us. This is in the name of Jesus. So that some people from the neighboring community, Jews from the neighboring community, came and said, oh, Paul and Barnabas, And in one verse of scripture, they went from thinking they were gods to stoning them to death on the edge of the town. Left Paul for dead because somebody started saying something that wasn't true about him. That fast. Left for dead on the edge of the town. Ah, uh, man, I got a lot to tell you today. I should get into this sermon here pretty soon. Um, okay, I, I, I want to read the text. I do want to read the text to you. Um, it's, it's not long. It's not, just not even 10 verses. So bear with me. This is going to be from Romans. You should have pre-read chapter 4, verse 16. Everybody good? Say amen. amen. All right, all right. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, meaning not by works. We're talking about... Um, Um, Abraham today, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to Abraham's offspring, that be you and me, not only to those who are of the law, the Jews, but also those who by the faith of Abraham, that's us. He is the father of faith. He's the father of us all. So as it is written, quote, I have made you, we've already been there. I've made you a father of many nations, meaning Jews and Gentiles. He is our father in the sight of God to whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead. And calls things that aren't as though they were. I mean, how did God create the world? He just spoke. Said, let there be light. Poof, there's light. Isn't that Genesis 1, right? In the beginning, boom. What's the first thing he said? Let there be. It wasn't until, that was on day one. It wasn't until the third day he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. Let that sink in just for a second. Verse 19. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was what? Good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old, Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Not that my faith is strong enough. I just have to have faith that he's strong enough to do it. I don't have to do anything. I just have to believe that he's going to do it. So this is from last week, verse 22. It was credit to him, what? Righteousness. 
The word it was credited him is written not for him alone, but for who? Verse 24, for us, to whom God credited righteousness, for us who believe in him, who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead. He was delivered over to the death because of why? Our sins, but was raised to life for our what? Justification, just as if, justification, just as if we've never sinned, being saved. All right, so I have a take home for you today. I have a nugget. I have a little gooey little nugget in the middle of all this I want you to take home. But before we do that, I want to remind you of uh, a couple things. <clears throat> I just spoke to you about Paul in, um, in Lystra and Derby, And I'm, I'm just going to show you uh, verse 11. The crowd saw what Paul had done. They shouted, uh, the gods have come down in human form. Barnabas, they called Zeus. Paul, they called Hermes. And then, the, and then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, he brought bulls and wreaths of the city gates because they wanted to offer sacrifice. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul saw this, they tore their clothes, said, don't do all that, right? So uh, for several verses, it talks about that. Verse 18, even when these words they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. But then some Jews from Antioch and Iconium, which was about 30 miles away, they had made their way over to Lystra and Derby. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. That's pretty quick. That's pretty darn quick. Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five. Uh, this is a wonderful story of um, Jarius is a, a big wig in the synagogue. His daughter is sick. He comes to Jesus. He says, please, would you come lay hands? This is uh, Mark chapter uh, five, beginning of verse 21. He says, come, lay your hands on my daughter and she'll be well. Jesus says, sure, no problem. He begins to walk. And then that miracle is interrupted by another miracle, which is the woman with the issue of blood. I don't know if you know that. I like to refer to it as the interrupted miracle. So I'm Jarius. I've asked Jesus, come pray for my daughter. He says, sure, no problem. And he's on his way. And then Jesus stopped for a woman with an issue of blood. You're Jarius. What are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> right? So the thing unfolds. At the end of it, um, fell at his feet, trembling the woman with the issue of blood. He said in verse 34 to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be free from your suffering. Okay, verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some men from the house of Jairus came to him and said what? Your daughter is what? Yeah. Not a happy camper if I'm Mr. Jairus. So what the story unfolds, Jesus goes to the house. He's got Peter, James, and John. He's got the mom and dad. He says, all you guys stay out here. You guys come with me because she's not dead. She's only sleeping. It says in the text that they actually laughed. There it is, uh, verse 40. But they laughed at him. They mocked Jesus. They laughed at him when he said, she's not dead. Went in, little girl comes forward. couple more. Joseph, remember Joseph? Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, uh, highly favored, had the coat of many colors. His father loved him, blessed him. Joseph has a couple dreams about the 12 tribes bowing down to him, the 12 sheaves 
of, of wheat bowing down to him. He had, a, he had a dream there. Then he had another dream that the sun, moon, and stars uh, all bowed down to him. What did that do to his brothers? Uh, it irritated him just a little bit. Why? Because he's the runt. He's the pipsqueak of the crowd, and they're all big bag boys, and they're going to take care of it. No, 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 no. So what happened was, uh, verse number 38, they plotted to kill him. Nice brothers. Nice brothers. Joseph wasn't doing anything except had a dream. Jairus wasn't had, Jairus' daughter, good as dead. Paul outside the city gates, good as dead. Joseph, say it, good as dead. Verse 30, no, chapter 37, verse 24. They took him and they threw him into the cistern, the well, and it was empty. There was no water in it. <laughs> At least they're throwing me in the well because I'm in a desert. No, you're, he throws you in a well and there's no water in the bottom of the thing. Why? Because they wanted to kill him. He's left for good as dead till they realized they could sell him and make some money. Joseph, good as dead. Daniel in the lion's den. King Darius promoted in the kingdom, ruling and reigning. The other rulers got jealous of Daniel and they knew that Daniel served the Lord. So they went to the king and they said, oh king, if anybody would ever pray or worship anyone other than you for the next 30 days, what? They should be thrown in the lion's den. Of course, King Darius goes, that sounds good to me, boom. The law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be altered. Once it's written, remember Pharaoh, so let it written, so let it be done. Remember that from the movie? Remember that from the movie? All right, so what was that guy's name? No, the, the actor. The bald dude. What was that bald dude's name? Yule Brenner, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let it be written, so let it be said. I love that part. This is what King Darius said. So let it be written. Laws of the Medes and Persians cannot be changed. So Daniel, listen, Daniel gets the word. He knows in the text, he knows he's not supposed to, but what does he do? He opens up, the, he goes home, opens up the window, was his natural, was his normal way of behavior. And he opened up the window, began to pray. So they knew they caught him. Note that Daniel, when given the, the Opportunity to live, chose to serve God and do what the Lord said instead of acquiesce. So he continued to go to church. I mean, he continued to worship. He continued to worship the Lord. Well, that'll fix them. No, because he's about to be tried by fire. So the rabble rousers, just like those that took Paul and Barnabas, took him out and struck him to be stoned. They said, oh, oh, great king, look at this Daniel who serves God and doesn't, didn't worship you. He's verse, of course, Darius goes, oh, no. He goes, oh, no, I like Daniel. Daniel's good for me. He's good for the kingdom. Brings in a good prophet. He's, he's a good worker bee. But Dan didn't change Daniel. My king couldn't change the law said he stayed up all night thinking of how he might be able to get around, get a, get a loophole around the laws and the means and purchase of his own command, but he cannot even undo his own command. He says, sorry, Daniel, you gotta go in the lion's den. He, he was sad about it, but he had to do it. He didn't, they don't wanna hurt you, but they are gonna hurt you anyway. It's the law. It's the unlawful law. Okay, so anyway... 
He goes in the lion's den. Then they roll a stone over the top of it. Little Jesus action 101 right there. They roll a stone over the top of it. King prays all night, comes back the next day. Oh, Daniel, there he is. He comes out and it's all good. Daniel gets promoted. Then the king figures out what the, what the bad boys did. And the bad boys, their wives and their children were all thrown in to this very same lion's den. And it says in the scripture, before their bodies even hit the ground, they were devoured. So in other words, the lions were like, drop them on us. <laughs> Ate them all up. Good as dead. Daniel was good as dead. There's, there's another king in the book of Daniel. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had a little bit of a, a different issue towards the Jews. Um, Nebuchadnezzar's not a good figure for us. He's not a good king in the Babylonian kingdom. He had three little Jewish boys. We say boys, probably late teens or early 20s. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king erected a 90-foot golden statue of himself. Worship that. Worship what I tell you to worship. That God right there will keep you safe. That God will take care of you. Worship that idol. Please don't make me make all the connections in your mind. Please be preaching another sermon in your head while I'm preaching this one. Worship that. <clears throat> When you hear the, the music, everyone's supposed to bow down. There's the multitudes. There's a 90-foot statue. The music begins to play. Everybody bends over, except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Some of the people, the troublemakers, like Lystra and Derby, some of the troublemakers run to the king. Hey, king, hey, king, did you know they're not wearing their mask? Uh, did you know they're not? Did you, did, you, did you know? Did you know? Did you know? You know what their names were? Every one of them's name was Karen. So, 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 anyway, so the, the, they're not bowing. They're not bowing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're, we're, the, here's what the king does. The king, he doesn't say, I heard you weren't bowing. And so, no, he gives them another opportunity. We're going to give you another chance. Come here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come over here. We're going to try this again. This is when you stand up to the bully, yeah. right? Because yeah. he, now he's, he, he, the king is a little rattled. Here's we've got three people. we got three people that are non-compliant. So he's okay, pull him here, get him here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come here. I'm going to give you another chance. That's what he says. I'm going to give you another chance when the music plays. You better do it. What happens? They said, nope, not on my watch. Not going to happen. King, furiated, says, okay. The thing was, if you don't bow to, to my statue, if you don't bow to my God, what's going to happen is we're going to throw you in the furnace, throw you in the fire, in the furnace. But because you all are just so, so nasty, I'm going to heat it up seven times hotter. In fact, it was so hot that when they bound the Hebrew boys and they threw them in the fire, it was so hot that those who were throwing them in died from the heat what it says. Why? Because the king doesn't care, really. <laughs> Just obey me. So <clears throat> these are the type of sermons that got Paul in trouble back in the day. Yeah. Just telling you. Just telling you. So, but he still went to Rome. 
He lost his head to Nero. He was, he's, he was crucified uh, by Nero, but he still went. And he relished the opportunity to go to Rome. Oh, my. So, um, so, so the boys go, no, can't do it. They bound up, throw him in the fire, shut the door. Then the king looks in and the king sees what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are no longer tied. They're, in fact, walking around the inside of the furnace. And there is one, a fourth man in the fire. I want to be tried. You want to be tried by fire? You, you really want to be tried by fire? That means you must be thrown into the furnace, ladies and gentlemen. Not avoid the furnace at all cost. Save your, save your skin. Well, it's not that big a deal. You know, I'll bow this once, so I'll be all right. I'll go home and explain to my wife why I did it. Okay, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, King goes, what the heck, man? Come on out. And then God gets all the glory because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get promoted now. And now the king says the entire nation should worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But it took somebody to stand up and say, try me by fire. I'm not going to bow to your golden image. I'm not going to bow to this false god that you say will save everybody. I'll show you who's going to save who around here. I'll tell you what, those boys were good as dead, weren't they? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, good as dead. <clears throat> in the book of 1 Kings, I have a couple more. So are you okay with this so far? Uh, in, in the book of 1 Kings, Elijah now, forgive me in advance if I confuse the words Elijah and Elisha, because I've never preached a message where I say the names wrong at some point because they're so close. You know what I mean? You know what I'm You're thinking, oh, he should have said Elijah, but he said Elisha, and he's wrong. I'm just telling you in advance, I may misspeak. So Elijah, Elijah takes on the prophets of Baal, the false god, going to be tried by what? And who's ever got answers by fight, say it, fire. Okay. <laughs> so the prophets of Baal doesn't work. They didn't, the, no fire, no fire. Now, Elijah steps up. He calls down fire, falls on the sacrifice that he made. Interesting to note, side note, that, that fire only falls on sacrifice. You know, I don't know. Maybe the bulls were cut up and they were on a mound, the biggest piece of carpet right here. I don't know where Elijah was, somewhere near there. I mean, and he says, okay, God, send your fire. Aren't you glad he didn't send, like, miss. He didn't miss. <laughs> Think about it. Where did the fire fall? Fire falls on, you want to be tried by fire? Don't make me, I got 27 sermons. I'm trying to preach one. <laughs> Elijah, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Fire falls, blah, blah, blah. But Elijah is not doing well because there's been a drought in the land. That was the problem with the water and all of that. Uh, fast forward a little bit. Uh, he, he, he comes down off the mountain. He's in fear for his life. Why? Because Jezebel is on his case because those were her false prophets. Because just because you stand up once doesn't mean it's over. But God, I thought when I took care of this, it was going to be, I wouldn't be tested anymore. No, 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 no. Any test you pass only 
buys you an admission ticket to a greater test. I don't like that. Tough. That's how the kingdom works. Congratulations. You made it through that. Here's something else to try. Bigger. It's going to try your faith a little bit harder. It doesn't get easier after tests, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we just want the good old days. I just, want to, I just want to go back to Egypt and eat the leeks and the onions. At least there, you know, at least, at least they, the government, at least the Pharaoh provided for us there. No, you're out in the wilderness and you better find a rock if you want to drink. I'm trying to keep a smile on my face when I say all this. So he runs. Elijah's done. He fly, he's, he's, he's now in fear for his life, even after this trial. In uh, chapter 19, verse number four, while he himself went a day's journey in the dinners, de, uh, into the desert, he came to the broom tree, he sat under, and he prayed that he might die. I have had enough. Take my life. Wait a second, this is Elijah. This is a prophet, and he's saying, I'm done. Suicidal tendencies, depression. Oh, he is good as dead. Jonah, good as dead. Job, good as dead. Isaac, hand raised with a knife of his father above him. Can you say it? Good as dead. But God, in every one of these circumstances, but God. Jacob wrestling with God. In Genesis chapter 32, verse five, it says he could not overpower him. Who, you, think you're gonna, you think you're gonna come against God and come out of this unscathed? No, the church, I would that the church would have a limp. What do you mean, pastor? I want to wrestle with God and I want to come out. I want to be tried by fire. I'd rather have a limp than be dead. I want to know that God has shown up and that we did business with him and that he's still got, because in the end of this, he was still got, I, you know, I said, I give. Jacob says, I give. But it was faithful. Lazarus. He went more than good. He'd been dead four days. He doth stinketh, said Mary. <laughs> right? But Lord, he doth stinketh. One of my favorite verses in the King James. <laughs> Not good is dead, dead. Four days dead. Till the word of the Lord came. Till Jesus showed up. I want to be tried by fire. One last one, one of my favorites. <laughs> Hold on. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he set me in the middle of a valley full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, 
Can these bones live? Verse 14, he says, I will put my spirit in you and they will live. None of those circumstances that I have just regaled you with, though they be dead or good as dead, ended up in a horrible, nasty, terrible situation. Jairus' daughter came back to life. Throughout scripture, God gives hopes, he gives dreams, he gives visions. He gives revelations to people like Elijah on top of Mount Carmel. And then next thing you know, they're as good as dead. I was on a mountaintop with God and it was going great. And next thing you know, you're asking God, I can't do this anymore. So all of that has something to do with our text. But before we go back to Romans, look at Hebrews. The hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, it says, by faith, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. It's not you. You just have to say, he's, he, he's got this. My God, that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. That's what Daniel said. That's what every one of those people who were as good as dead said. God's got this. I consider him faithful. Verse 12. And so from this one man, and he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as sand on the seashore. Good as dead he was. 100 years old, his wife too. Good as dead. What was the, what was the variable? That which is unvariable, who doesn't change like shifting shadows. Every instance, Abraham to Joseph, Daniel to Jairus' daughter, we see dead or good as dead. Yet Joseph believed and his dreams did not die. Isaac saw a ram come up the backside. Can you imagine that? There's Abraham. There's Isaac. And Isaac, Isaac gives him one of those little white eye things like, look over there, dad. Oh, dad, over there. Look, look over there. Look over there, dad. Way, way over there, dad. You see it? Oh. Right? Jonah lived. The valley of dry bones came back to life. The Lord showed up for Elijah. Elijah said, the Lord said, come on, Elijah. I know you feel bad about this, but let me go show you seven other prophets, seven other believers in the land that still exist today. You're not, listen to me, you are not alone. People want you to think that you're alone and that you're, that you're all isolated. You're not alone. There are more who are for you than you realize. More who are for you than you realize. Even look into the sky and see those, the great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. Don't slow down. Don't slow down. Go for it. God's got you. Trust, trust not in your faith. Trust not, trust in the one who made the promise to you. Lazarus walked out of the grave. Daniel slept with lions. The Hebrew boys, though were dead, walked out of the fire. Paul, in the next verse, got up and walked back into the very town that they stoned him in. Which brings us to our text for this morning's sermon. <laughs> Don't worry, you're all right. Romans chapter four, verse 18. Here it is, here's your text. 
Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact. It was a fact. He was good as dead. This is not some sort of mental gymnastics, like only believe harder and, 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 and don't, don't pay any attention in the natural realm. No, my eyes are open. I see what's in the natural realm. Abraham said he faced the fact that his body was good as dead. I'm not asking you to not believe reality. When you go to the doctor, the doctor says, oh, you got cancer. No, I don't. What kind of fool are you? He just told you you got cancer. Good, let's get this taken, taken care of. I'm going to pray for healing. I'm going to believe that God's going to heal me. Whatever I got to do, I'll go to my radiation. I'll go to my chemo. I'll do, I'll do whatever I got to do. I'll do that. But at the end, doctor, you're not going to tell me I got three weeks to live. You're not going to tell me I got three months to live. That's not your prerogative. So he faced the fact that his body was dead, good as dead. You see it? Verse 19. About 100 years old, Sarah's womb was dead too. Yet. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, and he was strengthened in his faith, and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Okay, here's your take home. Here's your application. Here's your yummy goodness. In your life, in my life, in your life, God has spoken something to you, and, and at some point you said that promise, it's as good as dead. He spoke th- something to you about your job, about your home, about your, about your relationships, about a husband, about a wife, about your future or something. And, and you stood on that and you believed God. And then all of a sudden it was dead. The vision became dead. You've been thrown into a pit with no water. You've been thrown into a, f- a fiery furnace you may be like Lazarus. You, 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 your whole life, your whole, your whole, your whole situation is a, is a valley of dry bones. Everywhere you look, there's nothing but death and destruction. For Joseph, what did he have? It was his dreams. God has given some of you dreams that you stopped dreaming for. They're good as dead to you. For Job, it was relationships. His kids. For Paul, he needed a physical healing. Abraham, he needed a total miracle. But in every case, every circumstance, the remedy for their near-death experience was this, Romans 4.20. Here's your three points. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, 4.20, but was strengthened in his safe faith and, say this, gave glory to God, And verse 21, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Three steps to bringing life back to death in your your circumstance. Whether it's a dream, whether it's a relationship, whatever you're going through, you've lost hope about that. Somebody beat you up spiritually, mentally, physically, threw you into a pit of depression, threw you into a pit of financial ruin, your dreams, the devil's come, said, nah, God didn't promise that stuff. And so you allowed the dream to be as good as dead. Are you tracking with me? You've allowed the dream to be as good as dead. 
Don't deny, listen to me, don't deny that the dream in you is as good as dead. Don't deny that. That's the reality. It's as good as dead in you. Oh, you see it off in the distance. There's a little flicker. There's a little flame. Yeah, I remember kind of, nah, nah, it's as good as dead or died. There's hope. And this is where, this is where, the three steps to life for resurrecting your dead or good as dead situation. Number one, get into the word because faith comes by hearing. Back at verse 20 of Romans 4, it says, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. You want this thing to come back alive inside of you? You gotta have faith to believe it. I can't make you have faith because you already have faith. The question is, what is the repository for your faith? Did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego put their faith in a 90-foot golden idol? They were given an opportunity to deny the one true God, but they didn't. They were strengthened in their faith. So I don't have faith. God has given every one of you a portion of faith. You have faith. Every one of us has faith. The question is, where are you depositing your faith? What do you believe in? What do you believe? Don't believe something because I tell you so. Have I said this before? Don't believe it because I tell you. Don't believe it because somebody else might tell you something. Know in your knower Believe in your heart to the degree that you believe you will receive if you do not doubt. So against all hope, Abraham hoped and believed in the one who had made the promise that he who made the promise is faithful to keep his word to you, to me, to the church. So if, if you want that thing to come alive in you again, and something as basic as just your, just your zeal for God, just your zeal for God, I've been so beaten down by the news, so beaten down by the this, and so beaten down by that, so beaten down by my relationship, by my home, by my family, I've been so beaten down by those people, I just so, I'm so worn out, I'm as good as dead. And you're going through the motions of life. Step number one, have faith. How do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing. Right now, some of you, your faith is beginning to just, it's, it's turning up from a 0 0.05 to a one or a two. Maybe what he's saying is true. Don't believe me. Find out for yourself. Read the scriptures I've said today. Download this podcast. Listen to it five times until you say yes. I've come off, I've seen the miracles, but I'm ready. I'm like, Elijah, just take me, Lord. I don't want to even go through this. I don't want to deal with this. The Lord picks you up and shows you 7,000 people that still haven't bowed their knee to Jezebel. How do you get back to the land of the living? Number one, have faith. Or shall I say, put your faith in the right place. Because you have faith. Number two. Give glory to God. That's what, it, look at verse 20. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. And number two, what did he do? 
He gave glory to God before he ever saw it come to pass. Jonah, thrown into the belly of the whale, chapter, I think chapter one, he's just complaining, 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 complaining. He's in the belly of the whale. He's complaining, 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 complaining. Complaining, complaining, complaining for pain. Oh man, you're gonna make me find a minor prophet on the spot? You're really gonna put me to the test. Major, major prophets, minor prophets, Hosea, Jonah. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, so, 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 so. Oh, inside the fish, Jonah prayed. Oh, in my distress, I called the Lord. Oh, I'm, I'm dying. My flesh is turning white. I got seaweed wrapped around my head. Blah, 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 blah. And he goes on and on. He complains, he complains, he complains, he complains. Yet, verse number nine, you don't have any of this back there. I know that. But with a, with a song, verse number nine of Jonah two, but with a song of thanksgiving with sacrifice to you, I have vowed I will make good salvation for salvation comes from the Lord. That's one verse of praise. The next verse is, and the Lord commanded the fish to vomit Jonah out onto dry land. You can complain all you want. You're not going to move God's hand. Oh, this government. Oh, those people. Oh, that medical community. Oh, those, oh, those sheriffs. Oh, those policemen. Oh, those governors. Whatever. You can just mm, 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 moan all day long. It's not going to move the hand of God. What would move the hand of God is when you come to these altars, when you turn on the praise and worship in your car, when you play and you sing out a tune at home, or whatever it is, and you say, nonetheless, I will praise you. And then, boom. Out of the fish, out of the fish, Jonah came. It was the very next verse after he gave praise and thanksgiving. He complained for an entire chapter until he finally said, okay, you're God, salvation belongs to you. You're a good God. Boom, immediately the Lord commanded the fish to vomit Jonah out onto dry land. You may have never contemplated, but there was another way to get out of the fish, the other end. <laughs> the choice was Jonah's. And the reason we have this story in the Bible is because he chose to praise the Lord, even in the midst of a very, very, very difficult situation. He didn't even want to do what God had told him to do, and he was on the run. He was good as dead, but nonetheless, I will worship you. I will praise you. In the middle of the crazy, I'll worship you. Wouldn't bend. Wouldn't bow, didn't burn. Number one, faith comes by hearing. You get in the word, you get back in the word, you get under good preaching. Number two, give glory to God, worshiped. And then number three comes from verse 21. Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Fully persuaded regardless of what you see. I know what I see. You see the same stuff. You see dead, you see dead soldiers coming home from Afghanistan. You see people sicken in the hospital. You see people that are, you see it. You see what I see. But nonetheless, have faith, gonna worship the Lord. And then right here, regardless of what I see, being fully persuaded, regardless of what I see, I will make my actions line up with what I believe. I, I, I used to have a, I used, let me just say, here's a, here's a great way you can remember it. You, you, it would be a good, a good memory thing for you. And that is this, as it relates to this point, when you pray for faith, no, let me say it this way. 
when you pray for rain, have faith to carry an umbrella. When you pray for rain, carry an umbrella. Because now my actions are going to line up with what I believe. I will not to the 90-foot gold statue. I will not to the fiery furnace. I, and even if I perish, I perish in the name of the Lord. And if it comes down to the things of the gospel, it is the blood of martyrs that grows the church, ladies and gentlemen. It's the blood of martyrs. It's not you, it's not your preaching, not your new worship song that sells 100 million copies. Now, none of that. You know what advances the kingdom? The blood of martyrs. <clears throat> Romans 4, 17, last half of that verse. And God who gives life to the dead and calls those things are not as though they were. That's you and me. That's, that's the circumstance that we all are in. We just have to determine what side of the line we're going to stand on. And should you falter? And should you have faltered as I have faltered? You'd be determined in yourself, I will not falter again with the help of the Holy Spirit. When I stumble, the only way you lose is if you don't get back up. If you stumble and fall and you lay down and you hold your, your little boo-boo, and you blame everyone else. They tripped me. They pushed me. I couldn't, I couldn't because of them. They made, no, 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 no. You're just transferring the guilt to someone else. Own it. Own it. Own it. Good is dead. Every one of them, good is dead. But they owned it. Said, okay, nonetheless, I will praise the Lord. And against all hope, I will still continue to hope and believe, not in anything that I can do, but in the one who made the promise that he is faithful. He who has begun a good work in you, will, he'll be faithful. He'll be faithful. But will we? We, this is the finest hour for the church. I wish I could say it like Winston Churchill. This is our finest hour. Hour. Don't let this thing, don't let this thing shrivel you up. Let it, let it create in you a backbone of steel. A, as they say, a steely determination. Oh, really? No, 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 no. You don't understand. My God is able to save, live, heal, and anything that. Stand with me this morning, please. Ha! That's why I say God is good all the time. Could, could we say, even in the midst of the lion's den, God is good? Yeah. Well, I thought God was good all the time. Yeah, God was still good when Daniel was in the lion's den. God was still good when Lazarus was in the grave on the fourth day. God was still good when Elijah wanted to kill himself. Eli God was still good when Jairus' daughter had died. Still good. And he's good today. Let faith arise in your heart, young man, young woman, grandma, grandpa. These are the days that try men's souls. In the course of human events, whenever the, whenever the rights and the, and the free will of men and women have been threatened, the people of God stand up and say, 
I know who I'm persuaded. I believe. I know. And I will only, I will only bow to the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob and Joseph. I will only bow to the God of Lazarus. I will only bow to the one who death could not hold, who rose from the dead. And today, he ever lives to make intercession for you. So Father, we open our hearts to you. We present to you our fears, our broken dreams, our inadequacies, and our failures. We do not place the blame on anyone else. We own it. But Lord, today, by faith, we trust in you. And we purpose to give you honor and glory even in the belly of the whale. And in that, we will see the deliverance of the Lord. Good is dead, you might say, of your own life, of your own dreams. But today, let faith come alive in your heart. Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Father, I raise my hand to you today as a sign of my allegiance to be an apprentice in the kingdom of God. Would you join me if that's your heart? Teach me, show me. Help me to be an apprentice. I'll do my best. I'm sure I'll do some things wrong, but I will apprentice under you. I want you to show me where I've missed it, how I've fallen, how I've stumbled, and I want you to show me the better way. Father, forgive me of my sin. Help me to walk in faith, to praise you all the day long and to put my faith in you. Lord, just tell him, Lord, I put my faith in you. Can you tell him that? Lord, I put my faith in you. You are the one. (laughs) You are the one. And so now, may the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. No fear, no fear, no fear, no fear, no fear, no fear at all. No fear. Righteousness, peace, and love. I have shown thee, O man, what is good and just what the Lord requires of thee. Do justly. Love mercy and walk in humility. Father, that is our heart today. We're not here to boast or to walk in pride. We are simply here as your humble servants saying, Lord, lead us in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.